What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday night. It's November 1st, 2023. So brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast coming your way, streaming live on the Kicking Out Podcast YouTube channel and on our Twitter X channel page, whatever you want to call it. So hit that like button, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell on YouTube. And if you're listening to this podcast at a later time on your favorite podcast platform, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already hit that five-star review button and leave us a, uh, a review as, as well. We, uh, we really appreciate that. With that said, I'm Tanner Lee co-host Austin Shepard in the house tonight. No Paul Zartman. So it's just another two man crew, different two man crew than last week, which I appreciate you guys holding down the floor. It felt weird not doing the pod. So glad I'm back in the chair tonight, but uh, how we doing Shep? Uh, we're, we're doing okay. We, uh, uh, since you weren't here last week, I have a new uh, surrounding, and we got a lot of uh, saying we got some echo, which we do. Um, I have a mic; it's not set up yet. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that next week. So give us give us a little bit of leeway, one more week of a little bit of echo. I'm trying not to talk as loud in this room, um, but this is not my normal podcasting room. I'm I'm still trying to. Uh, to just to, to set it up so slowly but surely we'll get there we'll get slowly but surely. and and by the way when you're when you're 41 years old married with two children don't decide to just all up a sudden pack up and, and move because it is the dumbest thing you can ever do not a good idea huh no no well, I, it'll, I, it'll, it'll be good in the long term i'm sure but I'm, I'm sure but i mean the last time i moved i was uh, 30 years old and I was single and it was just me and I looked at myself and going how can I have so much shit now I move with a wife two kids and a dog and I'm going more shit I am not a smart individual <laughs> that's all I'm going to Maj- say Maja on YouTube said talk softly like Jake the Snake I would like to see Sheb do a Jake the Snake impression I'm not going to lie Jake the Snake had that just oh that raspy demeanor, voice that raspy voice <laughs> I don't smoke a lot of Marlboros. Um, and I know Jake, the Marlboros turned into other stuff down the road. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's you talk about one of the best promos in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. He's hard to beat. Can you believe he never won the big one? Yeah, I can because of his, I, I, I feel like he, uh, he worried about himself he loved the business. I'm not going to say that, but outside the business, I think he had too many distractions to, uh, for somebody to say, Hey, we should, we should put a rocket up this guy's rear end. Right. Similar to Scott Hall, really. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, Hey, I'm glad, I'm glad he's doing good. Uh, thanks to DDP today. Uh, Mm -hmm. but, Back in the day, you know, and, and listen to some of his documentaries, his podcast, the shit that dude went through from 1982 to 2002. Even his childhood. He's yeah. Well, yeah, Man, that's he's, really yeah. messed up stuff. That's that's really what got him messed up to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that dude's lucky to be alive. But we're not, we're not smoking any any Marlboros on the show tonight. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming you got a drink by your side, so Shep. What are we drinking tonight? I do. And you, all right, two things. One, we, we we have the old faithful, right? Come on, kettle. Still waiting for that. 
second along. I'm still I'm, I'm, I'm unpacking, and uh, I have plenty of my Yetis, right? I have plenty of them. Tonight, I can only find one, and it's a nice little teal green one. Look at this teal. teal, teal. <laughs> oh, look at that color. That's all I got. Read out your eyes, Shep. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to drink out of it because I'll drink out of anything. Um, Keeps so it cold. I'm just, yeah, it's full of vodka in there. And and, and the good thing about my new setup, if for some reason I I used to have a, have a side setup, right? Because my fridge was so, so far away. My fridge is literally one step away from the screen here. So beautiful, beautiful. I don't even have to excuse myself. Like I'll just go get like you might hear the ice machine in the background. That's how close it is. So if you hear the ice machine, it's just because I'm getting a refill, guys. I, I do gotta say I like the new sound effects in the new room. I mean, we've got the bottle slide. Uh last week I was watching on YouTube. I don't even remember what it was, but it was a good sound last week too. So beautiful. Hopefully next week I figure out how to I'm I'm not a tech 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 guy, so I figure out how to use this fancy microphone I got and yep. get some headphones and, and we'll and be we'll good go. to go. I, I do, just, just to let you know, I mean, if for if for anybody watching live, I do have the World Series game over my shoulder that way. There we go. There you go. There you go. I don't so, know. Is that, is that like is that is that pirating or anything like that? Are we gonna get in trouble for that? I don't think so. I just I, I think if they could hear it, maybe, but. I, think I, got, I don't have any volume on. And, and, oh, and, if, and if it's against the rules, screw them. We don't give a shit. Yep, yep. I've been flagged by YouTube by for dumb stuff before. So, uh, YouTube, gotta love them. But uh, tonight, AEW Dynamite took place in Louisville, Kentucky, at the KFC Yum Center. That is a venue I have been to before. Really nice venue, big venue. Um, of course, it wasn't a. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know what the attendance ended up being tonight, but I know it wasn't sold out or anything like that. Um, let me see if I can bring that up. Last time I saw on Wrestle Ticks. That's why I was gonna go check. It was they had it set up for 40 some hundred people and they had 30 some hundred sold. That was I knew they they were doing a buy one get one free. Oh yeah old old Jamesy had to had to had to tweet about that. Uh, this was seven hours ago today. Setup was uh, 4,860. Tickets distributed was a little over 3,600. 36,16. So, a little over. So, there was 1,244 tickets at seven hours ago. So, look, lower bowl was full. Mm -hmm. Television, it looked full. There was a couple empty seats you could see on television, but. Yeah. Decent crowd, I thought. I mean, we've we've heard louder, but we've heard more quiet crowds too. Yeah, there were there was only one part, there was one entrance that I thought was <laughs> really, really quiet, and that was Brian Gage. So we'll, we'll get to that momentarily. Yeah. Uh tonight's show kicked off with Renee backstage with MGF. They're speaking. She's asking him who who what three partners you got picked tonight. He's like, Well, I gotta talk to my bro Chacho first. Adam Cole pops up on the on the TV monitor there on video chat. Cole says he's hanging in there. Calls MGF the greatest AEW world champion of all time because he now officially has the longest reign as AEW world champ that he uh, defeated since he defeated Kenny Omega Saturday in Collision, which was a hell of a match. I know a lot of people are mad that they kind of 
fast streamed that match and didn't build it for a future pay-per-view, but it was a hell of a wrestling match. Um, he said he wishes badly he was there as he feels the world's gunning for MJF. But he tells him to consider Smojo's offer. Then we see Roddy Strong and Bennett and Taven come in and Roderick's yelling at Adam, of course. Um, he asks if they're still, still pretending that MJF wasn't the devil after MJF goes off the screen. Cole turns off the camera. However, after he turns off the camera, the devil pops up on the screen. So starting to see the devil more and more. Uh, any theories on, on who you think it is? Well, there's a couple, but the one that came out uh, in the last uh, 36 hours was uh, Britt Baker. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? And because, it, and, and I'm not a big rap pop music guy, is it Do- Doja Cat? Doja Cat, correct. Did a... A, her her famous song had kind of all the AEW stars in the background did like a video, right? All women, yep. Um, Britt Baker did the devil horns. And if you remember the first uh, segment, what, what, a month ago? Maybe not even a month, three weeks ago. Everybody said that that first uh Devil would had a a uh, feminine build, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was the craze once that video came out. Majin said he's seen a lot of people saying punk now too. I, I would be there's a, there's a better shot of that devil being me than seeing yeah. it. If by somehow under God's green earth they're seeing punk. Good on AEW for somehow making amends and keeping it under wraps so nobody knew. But I, there's there no way. There's no way. No. But I'm no. starting to warm up to the Brett Baker idea if it's not Adam Cole himself. And after, after this week, which we saw uh, one Jerry Lynn kind of harping on um, the dirt sheets, there's no way you could keep a secret like that. No. Nope. So. No. Which, which that was interesting because, you know, Meltzer makes it sound like, which Meltzer and Tony Khan have had kind of a falling out. I've seen on the internet a little bit um, over the last few months, so they're not as close as they used to be. But Meltzer is kind of saying that talent backstage are frustrated because they don't, they know what they're doing usually the day of the show, but they don't know long term where angles and their stories are going. And Jerry Lynn kind of defended Tony saying, well, it's because nobody can keep their mouth shut. So, yeah. Uh, Jerry's Jerry's old school though so I can get very very Very. Um, after the backstage segment we get the first match of the night no surprise it's Claudio Casanoli versus Orange Cassie for the international title this one got a lot of run Um, I don't know officially the time on it but it was close to 20 minutes if not a little over 20 minutes so there's a theme I have tonight um, excluding the, the main event and the theme I have tonight, I thought was sloppy. Sloppy. I thought Orange missed a bunch of spots, and some of the moves he he tried to orchestrate with Claudio. If Claudio didn't have the strength Claudio has, because he Which might be the on display. strongest oh, oh guy in professional God. wrestling, he is so strong. If if we didn't have a guy like Claudio tonight, I think M or I think a guy like Orange could have been really, really exposed. 
I really did. And I just thought the match was sloppy. I thought Claudio carried him. Uh, the finish was okay. And, and then the aftermath was okay. I get it. Um, but and and I've been a I've been a I think when 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 uh, I joined you guys mm-hmm. I was I called that I called him pockets he did I wasn't a fan and then he he won me over I mean it's been over a year he won me over but tonight yeah I was I was not a fan of I, I might call him pockets tonight I I think my favorite part of the match was when Claudio picked Orange up the bottom of the turnbuckle, put him on the top, and then did this suplex. It just showed off the strength. It was amazing. It was either that or how about the sleeper swing? Yeah. Yeah. He he always every week displays his strength, but tonight was something special, I thought. Um we saw you done hook get into it. They got thrown to the back and then they cut stage they cut two backstage at one point and Hook was getting escorted out of the building. Um if if you want to make Hook look like a badass Get the leather backpack off of him. Like, I, this is little things. And then people are gonna be like, what are you talking about? But he looked like a freaking Catholic, or a, I shouldn't say Catholic, because that could be down the whole freaking <laughs> He looked like a, a preppy schoolboy. Yeah. yeah. Get, the, get the fancy backpack off his head. Like, you don't come down to the ring with a backpack unless you're Orange Cassidy that has the title in it, right? Right. My my problem with Hook is how they use him is he's got a great record. He is a champion, even though it's a dumb belt, in my opinion. And they protect him as far as in his matches. But his stories are always, always pretty stupid. There's nothing really serious. I mean. Well, I was like, like I have a feeling he has zero promo skills. Yeah. Because literally his promo skills is him eating a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, I love bags of chips. Yeah, we, we were down chip rabbit hole a few weeks ago. Yeah, but if <laughs> but if I'm holding some type of title in AEW, I better be able to talk and explain myself, right? Yep. Yep. And Majin said, so far, though, Hook's not a serious character. You but know what, though? Be. They want him to be. They, they, they put him over in the ring like they want him to be a serious mm-hmm. character. And I, the kid's what in his early twenties, right? Mm-hmm, he's pretty young. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think favorite favorite thing. I mean, well, when he eventually when he originally won the FTW title from Ricky Starks, that was about the best thing they did with him. But even his feud with Jack Perry was had had some good moments. You know, but well, I think him and you could have a hell of a match too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think and they did have you know they had the stare down. Just uh, recently, and then tonight. So I think I think we're getting we're gonna get that probably a zero zero hour zero hour, or if not, then maybe the ROH pay per view in uh, December. Yeah. So, but uh, in the end tonight, Orange does pick up the win. Uh, got a reversal roll up, like he's won so many times. After the match, though, uh, Moxley makes his way out and gets in the ring with Claudio, but Orange Cassidy, out of character, sprints into the ring tries to fight Moxley. Moxley just beats the tar out of him um, to where Claudio finally pulls Mox off. So, some violence out of Mox, and that's going to set up Orange and Mox 2 for the national title at Full Gear, which should be good. Should should be good. I thought we'd get a stipulation on it, though. 
still time, but still time. Um, but the way yeah. Mark's talked tonight, I thought we'd get one. Yeah. Uh, Majin here says, much like Pillman Jr. does in WWE, Hook has to find himself. He can do that by distancing from his dad, though. Well, if you're going to do that, then get rid of that damn belt. That's a good point. Yeah. And change the colors up a little bit, too. Up next, uh, and I, I enjoyed this throughout the night. They kept following MJF around. This reminded me of a storyline we'd seen at Attitude Era or even on, on WCW Monday Nitro that they would start some at the start of the show and follow it as the show progressed. Um, he was shown knocking on Kenny Omega's door, but it's Jericho who answers. And and he says, is Kenny there? Jericho slams the door on him. He goes, asshole. Starts to walk off. Then we see Warlow out of nowhere come up, grab MJF by the neck, put him up against the wall. And he said he's going to uh, – MJF took everything from him, so he's going to take everything from MJF when he least expects it. Walks off, which I love that. Warlow, short, sweet, looked like a monster. Perfect. He did, and, and MJF sold it perfectly. Yes, he did. He sold everything backstage perfectly tonight. And then uh, as he walked off, then he, uh, the claim shows up and asks the team with them, and he just walks away, which got a damn it max out of Bowens to Caster. So uh, we then saw uh, John Moxley shown St. Orange Cassie picked up the scraps, but it was his match against Ray Phoenix, not Cassidy's. He showed Cassie respect when nobody else would. He let him walk out on his own power. He's sick of everybody and he isn't doing too well. So maybe Cassidy is the wrong guy in the wrong place, but a full gear, he will beat him within an inch of his life. So kind of like you were just pointing to, you thought we might get stipulation there. Yeah, when, when he was doing that promo, I almost thought we would get – he would say we're going to do a hardcore match, a death match, a street fight, whatever. Um, it, like you said, we still have time, but – Yeah. We then got the ROH trios match between um, the uh, Gates of Agony and Brian Cage and the Hunbucks, uh, Hangman Adam Page and Matt and Nick Jackson, which this was a late addition. And if you don't follow AEW – on social media, you probably didn't know this was a match, but pretty much Prince Nana said putting in the rematch clause, which usually AEW doesn't do a lot of those. Um, yeah, so they, they said it like this afternoon, they invoked the rematch clause. Right, right. So, so it was they announced late, it at three o'clock in the afternoon. So they said it's a late notice. Hunbucks have no time to prepare. My guys have been preparing. So it kind of tipped their hat of what was going to happen throughout the match, but. Um, throughout the match, it's going back and forth. But then um, right as Hangman's going to hit the buckshot lariat, we see Swerve Strickland appear, reminding Paige he was at his house last week. Paige tags out immediately, gives Chase to Swerve backstage, leaving Nick and Matt Jackson alone. Um, but Nick's, Nick's actually alone by himself at that point. He took takes down all three men with a series of super kicks, but the number games outweigh him. Yeah, Brian Cage delivers a clothesline, then a suplex back to the ring. The numbers end up being too much at Gates of Agony, send Nick into a powerbomb from Cage, who then delivers a big knee strike. Gates of Agony then slam him down against, uh, down again, and Nick's not able to count out. So, once again, your winners and uh, new ROH six-man champions, Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. And I think I mentioned it earlier. Well, I mentioned earlier here on the on the on the quiz. Not as earlier. The 
the crowd reaction when Brian Cage and the Gates Agni came out were crickets. It was quiet. Crickets. And everybody, I think, was waiting for the Hunbucks. And, um, now, not saying those guys aren't talented sure. performers, okay? Especially the Gates Agni. Um, Brian Cage, I've been, I've been, I've been on the fence with him for a while, but like when they came out, like there was, you could hear the guy yelling hot dogs in the upper deck. <laughs> Let's put it uh, that. Interesting decision, I think, to get these trios titles off the Hunbucks, even though you know Hangman's in a story with Swerve. The Hunbucks are number one contenders for the tag titles, even though we haven't heard anything about it since they won it at. Um, at uh, the pay-per-view in Seattle. Um, Wrestle Dream. Wrestle Dream, thanks. It's escaping my escaping my mind. Uh, so we haven't heard anything about that, but I'm still kind of surprised they took the titles off of them with that ROH pay-per-view coming up in December. I thought they would want to pop a rating for that, but they did announce that it's only available on Honor Club. It's not going to be on pay-per-view. Oh, no, no Bleacher Report? No Bleacher Report for the ROH. It's Honor Club only for this one. Oh. I think it's because with World's End, a few weeks later, they didn't want to ask people to buy two pay-per-views so close together, even though they asked us to do it with All In and All Out. But uh, I, I could see like a little bit of a storyline here of why they took the belts off of them. And, and we'll get to it later um, when the Bucks confront Jericho and Omega – which I, I could take a long storyline. Like we're going, we're we're three weeks out of full gear, right? Yes. Yep. The eighteenth. Yep. Okay. We got like five matches already. This is unheard of in the mm-hmm. Tony Khan era. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if all of a sudden Tony Khan's decided I'm going to do a little storytelling, I can appreciate that and and get on board because before we would we would go into. 10 days out and have one or two matches. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all five of those matches are four or five, whatever we got, they have been built through storytelling quite, quite a bit already. So um, I like, I like a little different spin here with, with Tony's given us. And I see in the background and, and, and Shep's spot podcast room here, I see the Texas Rangers are world series champions. So congratulations, congratulations to them and all the Rangers fans. And now there's only, Five teams, I believe, in the MLB who have never won a World Series. So uh, yeah, that just shows you that uh, money can't buy championships, right, Tanner? Yeah, I can't even get to the playoffs, let alone World Series anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know who we're talking about, the Yankees. Or- oh, yeah, well, yeah, I used to have it on up back here somewhere, but it's, it's not up there anymore. So, uh, a couple comments here, Majin on, on YouTube, Swerve's following through in what he originally said he'd do. He's systematically taking everything from Hangman one by one. Yeah, it's getting real personal. So, it, one of the best feuds going on right now. Yeah, yeah, they're both both guys are telling a great story there. Majin also said they're talented, but what they aren't is over. Talking about Gates of Agony and Brian Cage. Yeah. Yep. Can't argue that. Can't argue that. <clears throat> we then see MJF again. Um, he's not considering knocking on Samoa Joe's door, but doesn't then walks past Darby Allen's door, takes the sign off and writes emo bitch on it, puts it back up there then rounds the corner and there's the claimed again, but he walks away from him. 
and Bowens once again, damn it, Max. So, and Billy Gunn started to get frustrated at that point, too. Did not realize it was Billy Gunn's 60th birthday tonight. I I had seen it on Twitter, forgot about it until the main event when they talked about it, which, spoiler alert, there we go. Yeah. Um, then we see Adam Copeland head out to the ring. He puts over Tony Schiavone right away like he always does. He recalls how he and Sting go a long ways back because they've had similar injuries. They've been a sounding board for each other. He respects Sting. He respects Darby Allen. says Darby Allen's the future of the business. However, before he can answer whether or not he will team with them at full gear against Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne, Christian Cage makes his way out. Christian tells Copeland he'll be retiring Steen at full gear, whether Steen likes it or not. He points out that Allen has injured him, has an injured arm that will never be the same after he dumped him on the stairs at Wrestle Dream. He doesn't need to remind anyone of Copeland's neck problems, and he'd hate for the fairy tale to turn into a nightmare, so he should back down from him right now. Cage warns him that he will snap Copeland's neck and leave him in a wheelchair so his children can wipe away the drool. He likes to go there, doesn't he? He does. Uh, Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus go to attack him, but uh, Copeland takes both men down. Cage then gets into the ring, but Copeland hesitates, and that allows Luchasaurus to attack him from behind. Uh, Wayne's world is then hit. Uh, Sting and Darby then hit the ring and make the save for Copeland. He then spears Christian Cage. He then tells Sting that he will team with him and Allen at full gear. I like the mic work. I appreciate how they got to get into the match. Absolutely hate that they had Copeland and Christian touch before 2024. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say, I didn't like, I didn't want him to touch before full gear. You're saying yes. 2024. And I know Paul last week's like, well, how do you do that? If you, cause I was saying you get these in the trios. Well, we've seen it plenty of times in wrestling where two guys are eventually going to have one-on-one match. You just keep them apart inside the ring. One guy wants to go off the other. He tags out every time. So yep. um, I thought I thought they would keep him apart till till full gear, but it, and I know Majin said he couldn't draw that draw it out that long though. Yeah, it would have been tough, but uh yeah, at least till full gear. But it was a hell of a spear. I will give him that. But I was a little yeah. I was I was pretty disappointed by that. Well, let me let me uh let me play devil's advocate here. You say it's gonna be tough to keep him apart, right? You got how many guys literally in this storyline, okay? A lot. No, no, no. How, how many guys behind the scenes are writing creative, you think? Not Pro- many because not they kind of come up with their own. No, you answered my question perfectly. You said not many. So if you don't have the uh, the brain – I'm not – I don't, that's, that's, that's a bad thing because yeah. I'm not saying some of these guys are on the brains. If you don't have the different ideas, if you had a group of 10 individuals thinking about how to play this storyline out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe I'm referring to what we call the writers in, in, in uh, Connecticut, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have the chance to extend this no contact thing like what we we you and I wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to see it until the pay per view in three weeks. You wanted to see it until you know two three months in 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 twenty twenty four. So you know AEW doesn't have that. 
diversity in thought process. Wow, I, that made me sound smart. I sound <laughs> so so. You know, tonight happened. The crowd got a pop. They got a pop out of it. Um, but yeah, I think you you were on the same page as me. We we I don't want to see him touch tonight, but that, but it happened, and it, it we're gonna have to we're gonna have to deal with it going forward. They're, they're yeah. probably gonna touch next week. I I could see a well now a, that they did let them go let them go now. Yeah. Man. Tag match next week of, of Darby Allen and Edge versus um, Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus. I can see that next week. Uh, Majin, so. he said, as he said, because he said this on Twitter to our account, Adam saves his best spears for those he likes. He, he had a good one tonight. It was a good spear. And Majin also says he's got another bone to pick with the women's match. Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. It's every week, it's just fill in the blank anymore. Um, I will say I do like so far AEW has only had Adam re- wrestle one match so it's feeling like a special event when he wrestles so I do like that he replaced CM Punk let's be honest yes he did yes he did he replaced CM Punk <laughs> up next we got Tony Khan's special announcement that he hyped up today on social media like he always does <laughs> Nigel McGinnis is by his side. So right then, he starts talking about All In and how it's sold more tickets than any event in wrestling history. You know, it was great for European fans. It was the first show in the UK, first show in Europe for AEW. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be something. It's going to be something European-related is what I'm thinking. They're going to announce another event for Europe or something. Then he promotes. That's way better than a damn event. (laughs) Then he reveals information about All AW all in ticket sales for for August 2024. It's basically going on sale on December 1st, but you can get pre-sale information beforehand. That was pretty much the gist of it. That was it. Big old stinker in the room. Uh fell flat. We make fun of Tony for his hyping up of his announcements often. I think this was probably the worst one. This is awful. This is dumb. <laughs> But we did we did find out his his family puts up their Christmas tree in July. <laughs> well, hey, for a guy that hates the holidays, <laughs> that, yeah, it sucks. And you, you know, a reason I, I like wearing hats for one, but another reason I'm wear, wearing a hat I've let my hair grow out since first week of August, and and my wife's the one who wanted me to grow it out in the first place. And I tried to tell her my my hair does not grow in length; it grows in volume. And she sees Tony Khan on TV tonight and says, hey, your hair started to look like Tony Khan's hair. Oh, boy. Like, All right. Well, well <laughs> I'm wearing you, a hat. If you start drinking uh, 47 cups of coffee today and three three lines of cocaine, we got an issue, Tanner. We're going to have a little talk on the side. <laughs> That's fair. I'll probably need an intervention if that happens. So yeah. appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> Up next, we uh, got Angelo Parker and Daddy Magic 2.0. I don't even know if they refer to him as 2.0 anymore. Against the Paracanadians, Paralegends, Chris Jericho, and Kenny Omega. Um, no surprise here. Kenny and Chris get the win. Uh, but it was a, it was cool how they got the win. Uh, Parker had Floyd. And he tries to take Jericho's head off, but he misses. And when Jericho avoids it, he connects with a sick-looking Judas effect. Four to one, two, three. 
because uh, there was, was there, that, that was on point. Yeah, we connected good with that one. Because uh, yeah. early in the match, uh, Parker hit Jericho with Floyd, and they got a near fall. So, but I, I thought there's no way they're gonna because Jericho has taking his fair share of losses this year, more losses than wins, I believe. But I knew they weren't yeah. going to have Omega um, lose, lose tonight. Um, but then Callis, who'd been on commentary with Hobbs, Fletcher, and uh, Kashka behind him, he gets on a microphone after the match, and he praises them as they're like cockroaches who keep coming back. However, he suggests this ends in two weeks in Ontario, California, not Canada, in a street fight. Omega says they'll accept this was all about hurting him and Jericho, not for Callis's family. It was for him. Uh, he says they'll be bringing his fan. He'll bring his family along as well. They have an extra spot for Kota Ibushi. Crowd pops for that. Callis then says there's still a man short, but Jericho says he has a friend who's even bigger than Will Hobbs. And we get the return of tall Paul, Paul White, AKA formerly known as, Big Show, the Giant, Captain Insano. He appears. Kyle Fletcher runs towards him, eats a KO punch, and the rest of the guys retreat. So, oh, hold on. Hold on. You said KO punch. That's what it's called in the notes. His feet never left the ground. Correct. He looked awful. Sorry. I, th- I thought he'd look in a little better shape. I'll... All the stuff we read as wrestling fans is he's been in ring shape for the last three to four months, would you say? Yeah. Okay. He looked like he couldn't move tonight. He didn't want to move. Um, Look, I know he said he's got a year and a half left in him. He doesn't look like he's got a week and a half left in him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he moves in two weeks. I mean, we haven't seen this guy. Last time I, I remember well, him meeting QT Marshall at the uh, two year in 2021 All In on the pre show. I don't remember him really doing anything since that. The only thing that's going to save him is it's in a gimmick match, it's in a street fight. Right. So. Maja said he had a leg brace on. It's probably a small injury or something, too. Yeah, he, he's always banged up. I mean, he has, I think, fake hips, fake legs. He's kind of like Hogan. <laughs> so he doesn't have the fake back. Um, you know what, though? Ho- Hogan with a fake knee and a fake hip, uh, damn near headline WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And he also f- said that his son almost was in WrestleMania last year. And don't think that was the case. Terry's out there a little bit. As, I didn't his, see that. His, his old age. Yeah, he was on the inside with Chris Van Vliet, and he said some things that just are not true. I don't know why he keeps doing this in every interview he's in. He just says things that people can go check, and they're not true at all. I don't know what he's doing, but I don't know well, if he's literally just can't remember or if he's just trying to get clickbait headlines. I don't know. Hogan didn't have the internet in the 80s and the 90s pretty much. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true, but uh, – Tall Paul is back on AEW television, which we no did. More a, B, did you see that the intro? No more BS. So no obviously, more, and, a big show. And that's been his intro since he's been in AEW. Yeah. So, um, so it's yes, we did. Seen it. We did a quiz. Our quiz this week is 
all of the big shows, the WWE opponents on the four WWE, uh, the big four WWE pay-per-views. So Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So 1999 through 2017 is what the quiz is. So uh, go check our YouTube channel out. It's a stupid quiz. It was pretty difficult. So stupid. Go check out, out our YouTube channel and see if you can beat my Shep, my Shep, myself or Shep or or, or, or both of us. And um, let us know how you did. So, and, and let us know if you have any quizzes you'd like to see us take because I'm always looking for some each week. Last week was our Paul of the of KLP who couldn't be with us tonight, uh, Paul Zartman, the wise man. Um, it was his quiz last week. So this week I was back on it and uh, did better than I did last week. Last week I was awful. You two killed me. So uh, we then see Renee Paquette backstage as Jericho points out Paul White is their friend, and they're talking about friends. You see the young bucks being aggravated in the back, and Matt Jackson asks Kenny why the Elite got their back together in the first place, and none of them have each other's back. He wants to know who invited this prick. He says, pointing to Jericho into the locker room. Have the, they haven't forgot what happened to their father, which I had. I forgot Jericho attacked him on Dynamite two years ago, oh, yeah. so that's nice that they're bringing that back up. Um, that you know AEW doesn't shy away from history like that. Uh, Jericho points out they won and the Bucks lost. Jackson says Jericho will screw Kenny over just like Callis did. He walks away. So I kind I like this segment. It was a good I did segment. Too. I did yeah. too. Um, it was all of your EVPs. If you notice that, all of your EVPs are in one segment and they're going against each other. Yep. I kind of liked it. So, yep. Yeah, and I like the elite when they do good stories with the elite. You know, just when they get back together, things are going good. We're starting to see some cracks forming the foundation again. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like that. And I love that Jericho's the one getting in the middle of it all. Yeah. It's so. different. And there's history there. And uh, earlier when Jericho slammed the door in MGF's face, there's tons of history there between those two guys. So I, I like how AEW puts that in there now and then. They don't forget about what they've done in the past. Wardlow MJF, we saw that too. So, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. What wasn't really good stuff tonight, and I'm ready for Majin to unleash on this because I he said he's got a bone to pick with it. Akira Shida was defending her championship, her AEW Women's World Championship against Willow Nightingale. Even though Willow just lost the other night, let's put her right in the uh, women's match for the for the title. Why not? Um, two women shook hands to start the match. Nightingale was showing off her strength advantage a couple times. It's going back and forth. Um, in the end, um, um, Nightingale hits a big clothesline. The two exchanged pinfall attempts, which allows Sheeta to nail a knee strike, followed up by the katana for the one, two, three. After the match, she just shows respect to Nightingale, who accepts her handshake. She put her hand out. We then see Luther, the butler. He is officially on the roster page as uh, he spells his name differently now, and he is the he butler. Puts, he puts a uh, – they uh, put an A at the end of his name, which – Yeah, Luther. 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 Uh, is that he makes he makes his way out with a shoe on a pillow while Tony Storm rolls out the apron. Crowd pops for her coming out. Uh, she just smacks the pillow away, runs, and then hits Tony Storm with a knee strike. Then the lights go out, and the commentator's like, what's going on here? Julia Hart appears behind Will Nightingale. She knows she's behind her. 
Julia holds out her hand, but then Sky Blue appears, gets in front of Willow. Uh, Julia Hart nods, and Sky Blue turns around. Looks like she's going to attack Nightingale, but instead she turns back around and sprays Julia Hart with blue mist, as Julia Hart pretty much said she's going to regret doing that. She missed. It was under more of on her chest, but that's fine. Right. Um, the, the whole... Let's go back. The whole Luther thing, I think, is comical. Like, literally, this this might be the best gig he's ever had. It's way better than that red dot thing he was doing or with the yeah. Nightmare Collective. And and Tony Storm right now, I think, is the most over-female uh, talent they have. I love her new gimmick. And she just makes it over the top every week. So, mm-hmm. you know, congrats to her. Um the the sky blue thing at the end, she is she is teased that she would switch with mm-hmm. her face paint. Uh, I got to see her on the independent circuit here about two three weeks ago, and and she acted odd. I I felt like, um, so I was a little shocked that she sprayed the blue mist. Now, I think that could also lead to. Julia Hart showing up next week in all of her black, but having blue makeup under her eyes, and those two still forming some type of faction—I guess you would call it. Yeah, it's just interesting this mist stuff because the mist, you know, makes your eyes run. They give you, and then now all of a sudden the mist gives you powers to do a mist. I, I don't understand yeah. what we're doing here with the mist, but because I like Julia Hart's character, I like the House of Black. But once we're getting a little silly here with the miss powers, I don't know what the miss is supposed to do. Um, Maj has got a couple comments here about the women's division. He says that's what it was. Willow lost the contender match, then suddenly has a shot. At least build her up to get a shot or something. Stop making me want the rating systems back, ranking systems back. And then as far as uh, Sky Blue with the mist, he said, "Did she miss though, or was that where she was aiming?" And he also said Sky Blue is the gift that keeps on giving. The, the IWC would agree with you there. Well, I mean, usually the, the mist goes into the eyes. Usually. Right? But this went from the chin down. Yeah. Hit her on the top side of the chest. So and, and it could have been a could have been a mistake and and, and she could have been aiming, aiming for the face and just didn't happen. So mm-hmm. live television, what do you do? Yep. We then see MJF one more time backstage. He's sitting on the floor looking at his clipboard this time. Just looks depressed. <laughs> the claim turned hold up on, say. Hold on, hold on. Before you get farther. Uh-huh. This this is this is just me. So the MJF, he he dresses to the night, correct? Yes. Okay. And he's sitting there on the floor. He's got them fancy shoes with their Burberry, right? I think Burberry is the 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 design he wears. Right. So you got Burberry shoes on. He's got the Burberry scarf. If you notice with his with his trousers, as uh, William Regal would say, <laughs> the guy's wearing Nike basketball socks. Yeah. Okay. Now look, hey, as a, as a guy that uh, is a bigger guy and 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 doesn't. Uh, fit well in dress shoes and and wear dress socks because dress socks are awful. You got a guy sitting there wearing $300 shoes, $200 trousers, 
fancy shirt, three hundred dollar scarf, and he's he's wearing three dollar socks. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Sorry, I, I did saw- not catch that, so that was a good yeah. detail. He had his lace cross, and you can see the Nike insignia. He was wearing <laughs> what's whatever. He's wearing basketball socks. Again, I just think it's funny. Well, and earlier I forgot to mention because I just said so. You know, he's sitting there with his clipboard. Earlier, when Wardlow put him up against the wall, he dropped his clipboard, and we picked up and said, "Damn it, I got to get a new clipboard." (laughs) He broke it. (laughs) That was just great when he said that. So, uh, so he's still struggling to find partners. They claim turn up and say they can team, but he has to scissor them and he has to wear what's in the bag. And he looks in the bag. He's like, "Nope, nope, not doing it, not doing that." However, MJF has one more team he could team up with, Jeff Jarrett's group comes up and it's him, Sanjay, Satnam, and Lethal and Karen. I think Lethal was there. Maybe Lethal wasn't. Maybe it was just Karen. I don't know. But Jeff's like, we can help. And MJF just kind of looks at his bag and kind of starts to cry because he realizes he claims the best options he's got. So which we kind of saw that coming. So yeah. And then right before we get to the main event, we see Roderick Strong shown again. He's, he's he's dialing up Adam Cole on his phone. Adam Cole answers. He says, uh, "Yeah, he's he's trying to say MJF's a jerk, but Cole tells him to shut up. Pretty much, he's done with him. So finally, finally telling the Roddy to shut up. Yeah, it, and and this little faction I think is good, but it's annoying right now. So and that's I think that that's exactly how they want us to feel." Annoying, yeah. Because uh, I'm annoyed every time I see Roderick Strong on TV. I'm annoyed. I think that's how they want me to feel. So, doing his job, doing his job. We then see the Bullet Club Gold. It was the Guns, Juice Robinson, Jay White against the acclaimed and MJF. Um, got a good rap from Caster, like always. MJF's wearing a pink Burberry scarf with a scissor, <laughs> scissor me shirt, all pink get up. Um, this was a good match. This was not a good. That rap was blurred out. For there me. was some that were blurred out. There was some. Um, I mean, he <laughs> he did drop a Rick Pitino line, which was good. Yeah, he brought dropped the New Japan Rejects and Ass Boys, which was good, or not New Japan Rejects, something like that. But it was yeah, a you New Japan Rejects. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of good back and forth in this match. I really enjoyed when Billy Gunn got in against his sons. Which stupid me didn't even put two and two together until it happened. I just didn't. Um, I liked how Austin Gunn did the road dogs, the shimmy shake road dog spots, and then Billy told both his sons to suck it. Um, that's the what gets the big, biggest pop from the crowd every time that. I mean, DX crotch chops never gonna not get a, in the suck it's never gonna not get a pop. Um, MGF even was enjoying that. You could tell by his reactions. We got we got a. a um, Scissor me timbers from uh, from Caster. Uh, we got uh, MGF kept teasing scissoring, but then they kept getting pulled out of the ring, and the crowd's starting to get mad. We got a kangaroo kick from MGF at one time, which is still over. Um, in in the end, MGF's trying to give chase to uh, Jay White. Eventually, the guns block him off, but he fights back. That's when he hits the kangaroo kick, but only Jay White's right behind him hits a Blade Runner. And pins the champ clean one, two, three. I did not see that coming. No, but I want I want to say this, and it's gonna, I guess, reveal my pick for full gear against you 
jackalopes, but which you still have my title, by the way. Yeah, I do somewhere. somewhere. I, <laughs> I think it's in my office. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'm gonna win it back. But yeah. okay. uh, I think it just builds the story for MJF at full gear when when he pins him clean, he pinned Jay White clean, mm-hmm. you know, for the title. So, um. Yeah, like at first I'm like, ah, this is stupid, but I'm like, ooh, this is gonna work. Like maybe we're getting a little bit of storytelling from Tony Khan, and I'll be the first to say that I always used to harp on him because mm-hmm. he didn't do any of it. But all of a sudden we got we're three weeks away and we got three, four, five matches. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, Tony Khan, you crazy oil tyke. I get it. Well, and he, you can tell how highly he thinks of Jay White because he's built Jay White up really, really strong since he came to AEW. Hadn't lost and, many times. And when well, he has, it's been to really good opponents. What do you think about Jay White? I mean, he held the, the, the New Japan title. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's. If if they if if New Japan decides to put the heavyweight title on you, that is something. Okay, mm-hmm. let's be honest. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people that they put the title on that were shit in this business. Good point. Good point. So, yeah. So there's something there. Uh, Post match, we the acclaimed stopped Bullet Club Gold from attacking MJF. Um, however, Jay White was uh, had the title ready to hit MJF, but Caster came in and took the bullet for him. MJF then chased them off. So he turned to check back on Caster. Despite being down, Caster still was holding the scissors up, wanted the scissor, but MJF knocked it back. That lead led Billy Gunn to get in MJF's face and scream at him, look what this guy's done for you, and you still won't. You get over there, you scissor him right now. So MJF still acting like he's not going to do it. Then he puts up the two fingers, and the four men ended up scissoring in the ring as we go off the air. Yeah. You, you figure it was going to come in. It was, yep. was going to do that after he treated them the whole episode. So. Yep. So, so it's interesting with AMJF. We are seeing, you know, he and Cole become close. He's starting to get feelings for Cole as a, as a real good friend. And then we see Caster put, you know, taking the bullet for, for MJF. MJF starting to warm up to all these people. He is, but he's, but he's doing it perfectly fine because He's the face, but yet he's the asshole. That's why he's our scumbag. Yeah, yeah, scumbag. There you go. I should I shouldn't say asshole. I should say scumbag. But perfectly, he's he's playing a heel and a face at the same time. You tell me what a superstar or professional wrestler has done that in the last thirty years? Not very well. There's not many guys nobody, who do it. Between nobody. Yeah. May, maybe the Rock is the only one. Maybe yeah. and as a champion, nonetheless. Yeah. So yeah. he's figured out to play both sides. Yep. That's how talented that twenty-six-year-old dude is. Another positive tonight: no Ric Flair on television tonight. Would you say positive? I said no positive. No Ric Flair. Well, I mean, come on, hold on here. I didn't mind. I'm not the biggest. I think Flair is the greatest of all time, but 
you know, all the accusations and, and yeah, that have come out soured me on him a little bit. But I didn't mind him showing up last week because you could tell that meant a lot to Sting and Sting was happy and everything. But I don't want to see him on TV all the time now throughout March, through March. I don't need that. I, I don't think you need him every week. You're right. You're right. But we need him twice a month, probably. We'll probably get that. Imagine saying Stone Cold was always a tweener. In a way, he was. Well, he started out as a heel, and then when he beat up his boss, the crowd turned and like, look, we all want to beat up our boss, right? Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, Shep. Uh, what was your – let's go. Do we – we want to do rating or, or a wrestler first. I'll give you the pick. Do I get the pick first on either one? Yeah. Let's do wrestler then. All right. Go for it. MJF. Okay. And and it wasn't his in-ring work tonight. It was the backstage segments, his, his uh, demeanor. I mean, he saved this show. He saved it. So – Good stuff. Uh, oh, I'm going to go with the guy who pinned him clean tonight, Jay White. I mean, he's elevating himself as one of the top heels in the company. He, he is, but he only worked maybe three minutes tonight. I know, but he got the big moment at the end. I yeah. mean, he pinned the world champ clean. Uh, Not too many people have ever done that to MJF. So. Now. Your pick will be great if they extend it in next week going, hey, I'm holding the triple B and I pinned you. You know what I mean? Right. If right. They, just, if they just snowball this this feud into full gear. What do you think of some of the matches we're getting on uh, Rampage and Collision? Uh, I well, saw Ram- one. Rampage was, was pretty good. Yeah, we're getting uh, that uh... – Triple threat of high fl- uh, luchadors, high flying luchadors, Kalisto, yeah. Vikingo, Vikingo, and Pinta. Yeah, Vikingo was injured. He's back. So I yep. love that he's back. Um, Speaking of luchadors, did you see where uh, one of them re signed full time to AW tonight? Was that Commander? No, it was not. It was uh, the one that's part of Rusha's group. I'm looking it up right now so I don't. It was it was Drillistico signed full time to AEW. Who's part of Rush's group, part of LFI. So, um, so we're getting that match. We're getting Garcia against Trent. Um, we're getting. I don't remember who the. There's a women's match, wasn't there? Yeah, there's a women's match. I don't remember who it was. I thought it was Sky Blue, but I could be wrong. Probably right. She's usually a safe bet for Rampage. And the 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 guns are against Sidell and um, Christopher, Christopher Daniels, which is odd to see him starting to wrestle more and more. Um, collision, we're getting Lance Archer, which I'm all for. Always be on TV against Darby Allen. So it's one of your big guys against little guys matches. I hate that. I know you do. That's why I brought it up. Especially when you're when when you got Darby and and involved in a really big feud with uh, Christian and Edge. That's dumb. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yep. Yep, like Monch, it's all for Archer to lose. Yeah, that's what they do. They which they, which they, Archer Archer's over like Archer's not a bad guy. Like I, I could see him doing some really good things. Like I watched a lot of his new Japan stuff. And he's over over there. Overseas, he's over. Yep. But he comes over here and you just they don't know how to use him. No. He's in they the heat him up, cool him off. Heat him up, cool him off. Yeah. Um, we're also getting the sixty nine day celebration of the trios titles for the acclaimed which that'll be in the chains um i don't know what else i know it does sound like brian danielson's on the shelf till 2024 with a broken orbital bone which it came out he did not break it in last week's tag match he broke it against andrade on collision and that was a way last week to write him off tv oh it was in a simple i didn't see that it was in a simple headlock something happened like just a freak accident. And that poor guy cannot catch a break. You're correct. He's trying to end his career how he wants to before he retires next year. He just keeps getting dinged up. Well, here, here's what. I know he wants to be on Wrestle Kingdom. Probably going to miss it this year, right? I hope he can get back because I'm hoping they can use that angle from last week to set up him and Okada again. Let's just say he misses it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put him on the shelf till spring. Getting back in, he needs to do the G1. He wants to do the G1. He finishes the G1, however they want to do it, and it puts him into a Wrestle Kingdom close to a main event one of the nights, and and then he can ride off in the sunset. Yeah. So that's that's what I'd like to see. Um, I guess rating for the show tonight. We haven't done that yet. Uh, 6.2. Oh my gosh. And, and it, it could have been so much better. I thought it was so, there were so many sloppy moments tonight. And it was, it was not the in-ring, uh, yes, it was not the backstage work. Yeah. Sorry, almost said in-ring work. It was not the backstage segments. I thought those were entertaining. It was like, I thought the in-ring work tonight was shit. Hmm. So. Yeah, it, my, my rating's a little disappointing this week compared to last week. I know I was real. I was like 8-8 eight, eight last week. I was real high. Yeah. Um, you guys were like, what the hell is he smoking? I'm like, I don't know. I just enjoyed everything last week. This, this week's show had the potential of really yeah. being damn good. Yep. You had all the stars on there. I, I'm going to keep it in the sevens because that's low sevens about as low as I go. It seems like I think I've gotten sixes before when I've been real pissed off with something, but I'm going to go seven, four tonight. Um, kind of like you said, sloppy, but I did enjoy the backstage segments. I enjoyed the build we're getting for full gear. I mean, the card so far is looking really good. Um, but yeah, the women's division, I can, I mean, I can just, just record myself every week and just, Copy, paste, copy, paste. It's the same thing. It's ridiculous at this point. I've given up on Tony caring about the women's division, even though he says he does. I don't think he does. Um, yeah, but backstage segment saved it, though, for me from getting high six. So. And, yep. and that includes the, the MJF stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that. That was different. I enjoyed that tonight. Kept going back. You just see it progressing through the show. That that reminded me of good old school 
late nineties, early two thousands wrestling. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, uh, one more thing I wanted to hit on AEW. So, so, so far for full gear, we, we're going to get Tony Storm and Sheeta. It's not officially announced, but that's going to be, we're getting Hangman Swerve to Orange uh, Mox to, we're getting um, Jay White and MJF. What else do you think we're going to see on the card? Um. Oh, and we're getting the trios, excuse me. Adam Copeland's thing and Darby versus Luchasaurus, yeah. Christian, Nick Wayne. So there's five right there. So there's there's going to be something there with a uh, yeah. I can see the Young Bucks getting in uh, along lines uh, Jericho Omega. Obviously, I've just seen tonight. Or do you put the Bucks against uh, Big Bill and Starks and get try to get the tag team titles off them since they are the number one contenders, even though we haven't heard about that since they won it at Wrestle Dream? Yeah, I feel like, though, the first pay-per-view after they, they won them, they always protect champions. So. Yeah. yeah. It's just really odd to me because supposedly that was FTR's decision to drop the belts with a – plan to eventually go against the box, but it seems like that's kind of been scrapped. And now Cash is hurt, so... Yeah, yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. There's there, there's some room. I, I, I don't see how you can not have um, somebody like Soraya and Ruby involved right now. I mean, they're, they're kind of thrown to the back. Well, and, and, and maybe they're... And maybe there's a reason for what I'm going to say here, but we haven't seen Brett Baker for a long time. Yeah, so I, I don't know. We, have, we haven't seen. We've been saying for two months that Thunder's healthy to come back, and you haven't seen her. And then she's on the collision commercial tonight. So Scorpio Sky, who I think he's hurt again. That poor guy can't stay healthy. Right. Um, but we're probably going to get something between Yuta and Hook, like we kind of mentioned earlier. Um. Got to think Claudio's going to be on there somewhere. But, yeah, Kenny and Jericho, I still think they'll end up doing something against the Callis family. Even though we're getting that street fight in two weeks, I still think they're going to be part of that story going into full gear. Because uh, Sammy Guevara's still on the shelf with a concussion, even though his wife should be having a baby pretty soon. So maybe that's yeah, part pretty, of it, too. Pretty soon, but he was having some serious concussions. Mm-hmm. Too, so. Mm-hmm. so you want him to get healthy, especially with the style he wrestles. You want to make sure he's healthy and good to go. Um, I don't see Jack Perry coming back before full gear. Um, I can see him debuting at full gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, returning, sorry, returning, returning, yeah, 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 returning. Yeah, th- yeah, we'll see some probably returns if not debuts at full gear. I don't think we'll see any WWE releases, the last cycle of releases until December. So I think that's when the ninety days are up is in December. So we could see it at Winter's Coming. We could see it at World's End, which is December 30th. And then there's only one guy that really I think will show up, and that's yep. uh, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, which will probably show up as uh, as uh, Nick Nemeth. Nick Nemeth, yeah. Probably, unless he's something else. But, so. yeah, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on as we move forward. But are you looking forward to Full Gear? So it's from the uh, – the forum in LA, so it should be a good crowd out there. 
Uh, Majin says, I know we got the acclaim tonight, but man, part of me wanted to see him recruit the other pillars. The four pillars uniting to run Bullet Club Gold back would have been great to see. Yeah. It's true. It's true. That could have been a really good storyline, but so I don't think it had a lot of depth. And assuming, I mean, I'm not trying to show our cards here yet for the predictions in a couple of weeks, but assuming MGF retains a full gear against Jay White, who's his opponent going to be at World's End in his backyard, Long Island? Is it Joe? It's either, either Joe, it's either Joe or Warlord. That'd be a fun triple threat. Yeah. But I hate when a champion loses a triple threat without getting pinned. I don't think he'll lose. You don't think he'll lose in his yeah. backyard? So you think nope. he takes it on in 2024, the bidding war of 2024? Oh, yeah. I'm torn Absolutely. right now. I'm torn right now on it. So. And that'll be his storyline. Do I think deep down there's a true contract uh, negotiation in 2024? No. I, I, I think it's already settled. I, I I do too. I don't think Tony Khan's stupid enough to let MGF go out here and talk about bidding war twenty twenty four if something's not signed. Yeah. Now, I think that that'll be the that'll be the play on mm-hmm. the MGF side, which would be great. Um, but yeah, if if he starts talking about that in early twenty twenty four, it's already it's already handled. So. And if you see like on stuff on social media, you know, and, and we've been to shows, we know how people talk after the show goes off the air. MJF's been the one lately talking on the mic. He hypes up the company so much. I just don't think he'd be saying that if he has intentions of leaving. I mean, he is the guy in AEW. I know WWE could make him one of the guys. I mean, look how they're using Mr. Cody Rhodes. They're using him better than AEW did. And they're going to probably use Jade better than AEW did. But in AEW, MJF is the guy. He, he is, but you realize how much money they can throw at him? Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so. Um, any other thoughts around any other promotion or anything? I, I don't really have anything to hit on Cody because he was barely on Monday Night Raw and it was the same yeah. old, same old stuff with the Judgment Day. Yeah, you know. They got what crown jewel this weekend. Yep, he against Priest. So, Uh, Mom said when Punk was in AEW, he was defending AEW from Punk and promos and that too. Yeah. 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 Nothing. Nothing really to talk about on Cody and and uh, your uncle uh, Vince's company. So, it's just a little short week. Uh, did you see uh, the latest video or picture of Vince McMahon over in Saudi? With the yeah, I saw I saw him getting interviewed with Taker by his side with his cane. Vince Vince had a cane. Yeah, he's not looking too good. Yeah, he had the cane and the mustache. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's got that. Uh, um, uh, Gomez Adams mustache going. And and uh, you know hate each other now they're now they're business partners and it's funny how they all of a sudden like each other yeah 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 so money does funny things to people it does a lot <laughs> well when you say money does funny things when when 
you know, we're talking 10, 15 bucks between us. They're talking 10, 15 million to 10, 15 billion. True. You know, when, when, <laughs> you know, that's so, a good point. A little that's different. A good, that's a good point. But uh, anything else, Shep, as, as we get towards wrapping this up? No, we're, uh, we're good. We're ready to rock. We are ready to rock and roll. We'll be back next Wednesday night to kick out another podcast, another brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Another quiz will be coming your way next week. Check out our latest quiz on Big Tall Paul, formerly known as the Big Show. Paul White, it's Shep and I. We could have done better. Well, that's a little spoiler alert. We could have done better, but go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Take that quiz. Let us know how you did. And if you have a quiz you want to see us take, let us know. We'll get that going too. Subscribe to the Kicking Out Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at. If that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us that five-star rating and give us a nice review. We'd really appreciate it. Get some um, Kicking Out merch, some KLP merch from the uh, kickingoutshop.com. And with that said, follow us on social media. You can follow me at TannerLee92. You can follow Shep at TheShep27. And you can follow Paul Zartman, who couldn't be there with us tonight, at PaulZartman921. Join us next week, same time, same channel. Have a good week, everybody.